Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I've got an eight 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 money pit. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. What home improvement project are you working on? Oh, you're not? Well, what's the problem? <laughs> let's get to it. Pick up the tools and let's get that done. We're here to help. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. Tell you what, if you pick up the tools, uh, we will pick up the phone when you call and help you get the project done at 888-666-3974. We are here standing by to assist you with the ideas, the inspiration, the solutions to the things that are going on in your home that we know that either you want to do it yourself or maybe you want to hire somebody to do it for you. Either way, we've got some advice that can make it easier, make it simpler, make it safer, make sure it comes out exactly like you intend it to be, but you got to help yourself first by picking up the phone and calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Hey, before you spend those hard-earned dollars on the latest gadgets for your home, we've got some advice this hour on the products that are most likely to break down. We'll tell you what those are so that you know what to avoid in just a bit. And also at this hour, you know, many people are choosing to keep those hard-earned dollars close to home when it comes to entertainment. So we're going to tell you how to transform your backyard into a wonderful home theater. And another way to transform your backyard is by adding bugs. What do you say? Sounds horrible? Well, it's not. <laughs> and it might just be one of the many eco-friendly gardening tips uh, that could save you some money and help you produce a beautiful garden. We'll tell you all about that in just a few minutes. And if you've got a painting project on your summer to-do list, it's about to get easier for one lucky caller who will make it on the air with us this hour. That lucky caller will be getting a starter kit from Handy Paint Pail valued at close to $60. So give us a call right now. The number is one eight 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 money pit 888 Three nine seven four. Leslie, let's get to it. All right, now we've got Dale in Texas on the line looking for a fun and easy way to refinish furniture. Of course, I think refinishing furniture is fun. Dale, you might not. Tell us what's going on. <laughs> oh, heavens. I love refinishing old furniture. Old furniture. I am not rich enough to finish show uh, antiques, so I just call it old furniture. But anyway, I one of the things I've always done is use alcohol with steel wool and taking off the old shellac or varnish-based coatings on the old furniture works tremendously. But when it comes to people painting furniture and i got to strip it off, it is a very difficult thing sometimes to get it all off. But I've been using alcohol and, say, number three or number four steel wool, and I just wondered if, uh, just thinking about later, as bad as stripper is with all the chemicals and all, am I running a risk of mixing alcohol with it 
to strip it off. Yeah, why don't you use one of the gel strippers? You know, mm-hmm. uh, Rock Miracle has a version that's called Upta 6, U-P-T-A-6. It's a very environmentally safe sort of gel stripper where you apply it, the gel sits, and then you peel the gel off, and the paint comes with it. Oh, so mm-hmm. it, you put it on, and then it kind of... Right, it works. You peel right. it off, or you scrape it off, or what? It, yeah. it really you, depends on the type of, you know, the type of furniture. Like when you're working with something that has a flat run or a trimming edge or the edge of a cabinet, then you sort of lightly scrape it away with a paint scraper. You know, don't dig because it, you just want to peel it off kind of that way. Um, but in areas when you're dealing, like I did cabinet doors with it once. And when I was dealing with the um, recessed panels and the, you know, the routed edges, I kind of used like a sponge sander to help me get in there and lift all that stuff up. And I like it because of the gel. It sits there. It doesn't run. And the up to six, you know, the UPTA six, I'm not sure how they say it, but that is their environmentally friendly product. And Rock Miracle, good company, been around for ages, and they really do work. And I've used them myself. You call it Rock Miracle? Mm-hmm. Rock R-O-C-K Miracle. Miracle. And that's oh. their website, rockmiracle.com. Rock Miracle. Rockmiracle.com. Okay, well, I've got that. that. That'll be a big help. All right, Dale, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Trish in Washington, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Well, I'm hoping that you can help me with uh, my counters in my bathroom. Okay. I, they're Formica, and I hate them. I want to paint them a different color, and uh, so I'd like to know what to do for prep work and what kind of paint to use. Okay. Well, there's a couple of options. If you're looking to do just a very simple, solid color paint, Rust-Oleum has a kit, I believe they call it their counter paint, and it comes in a quart, and they have, I don't know, 10, 12, 15 different colors, really great neutrals, some interesting taupes, some blues, some yellows, a lot of great choices there. And the kit tells you everything, how to prep it. It even includes the prep materials. So that's sort of like a one-step wonder. The only downside is you've got to let this stuff cure for like three days before you put anything on it, before you get it wet. So that's probably going to be a similar situation with whatever products you're going to use. So if this is your only bathroom... You're going to be putting it out of service for a little while. Um, There's also another company called Modern Masters, and they have a really, really authentic, beautiful-looking granite kit for Formica, so you can make it look like granite. Um, There's another company called Gianni that has a granite paint, Um, a little bit more sort of homespun in the look of the granite you really it really depends on your technique with both the Gianni and the Modern Masters so you kind of have to practice your technique both are available in several different granite styles Um, of course the other option is that you can relaminate the countertop with new Formica and that's a fairly simple project that a handyman could do in a couple of hours so there's a lot of good options there that you don't need to be afraid of but again the cure time for the paint is you know 24 48 72 hours depending on which one you go to yeah and the more humid the day the longer the cure time too mm-hmm. oh, of course <laughs> well thank you very much you're welcome trish thanks so much for calling us at 888 money pit you are tuned to the money pit home improvement radio show on air and online at moneypit.com now you can call in your home repair home improvement home to do whatever you've got on your home to-do list we are available to you 24 hours a day seven days a week at one 888 money pit 
888-666-3974. Still ahead, have you ever bought a great new product only to have it break down, maybe even before the credit card bill comes in? We're going to help you avoid that disappointment with a list of the products most likely to wind up in the repair shop. And that's all coming up after this. The Money Pit is brought to you by Thermatrue Doors, the nation's leading manufacturer of fiberglass entry and patio door systems. Thermatrue Doors are Energy Star qualified and provide four times the insulation of a wood door. To learn more, visit thermatrue.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. Pick up the phone, give us a call because one caller who makes it on the air this hour with us is going to get an exclusive starter kit from Handy Paint Pail, available only to today's winner. The prize includes a new generation paint tray with a disposable liner that makes cleaning up a breeze. You can visit Handy Paint Pail for more information. It is a prize pack worth almost sixty bucks. Going to go out though to one caller who joins us with their question at one eight 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 Money Pit. All right, pick up the phone and give us a call. We'd love to give you a hand with whatever you are working on. And, you know, everybody in my family, my grandparents, we're Italian. We like to use sayings as we talk about things. And, you know, as the saying goes, they don't make them like they used to, is something my grandfather says quite often. You probably have an appliance or tool lying around your money pit that was made maybe decades ago, and it still works like a charm. And you may even be of the mind that today's products break down more easily Well, according to the experts at Consumer Reports, electronics and appliances are not breaking down more often, but when things go wrong, they tend to go horribly wrong. (laughs) So Consumer Reports has a list of the most repair-prone products, and not surprisingly, home computers top that list. Well, that's right. And as far as those computers are concerned, now most get totaled because of the viruses or the malware that is totally preventable. Not as easy to fix, though, are number one, refrigerators with ice makers. They are twice as likely to break down as those without. And secondly, front-loading washers, which actually break more often than top loaders. So what do you fix and what do you replace? Consumer Reports recommends replacing a product if fixing it will cost more than 50% of the price of a new product. If you want some more information and have to make that decision, say, with something that's broken down in your house, we've got a great article that walks you through it. It's on our website right now. Just simply Google Money Pit Repair or Replace, and uh, you will land right on the answer to that question. All right, now we've got Chris in Illinois on the line who's dealing with a ventilation issue. Welcome, Chris. Well, uh, on a previous show, I heard that um, this one lady asking about um, how to keep her third floor from being so hot. Right. And you had said make sure they have the proper ventilation and um, gable vents and ridge vent. Soffit vents and ridge vents. Soffit vents and ridge vent, of okay. course. Right. And... Um, what about installing a, a thermostatically controlled power vent to help that in the summer months keep that heat out? Right. Only if you do not have central air conditioning is that a good idea. And here's why, Chris. If you use an attic fan, that's what you're talking about, 
Uh, if you use an attic fan and it's on a thermostat and only comes on when it gets, say, over 100 degrees up there, if you have central air conditioning, it will pull so much air out of that attic that it depressurizes and then reaches down through all the little cracks and crevices in the walls, you know, around pipes and around molding and where wires come through. And it's actually been shown to steal air-conditioned air from the interior space. So using the attic fan... Uh, in the summertime when you have central air causes you to run more air conditioning, not less, because it will actually pull some of that air conditioning air up into the attic. So if you don't have air conditioning, I think a power ventilator, uh, an attic fan is a fine thing to do. If you do have air conditioning, central air, I would not use it. I would stick uh, strictly with uh, passive ventilation. Ridge and soffit vents are best. All right. Well, great. That that answers everything. All right, Chris. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Vicky in North Carolina has a wood floor that's gone awry, if you will. Tell us what's going on. Well, um, I started the floor and everything was lining up really well, and I just got tired of doing it myself. So I hired a handyman. He came in and did a lot of the work, but there's a lot of gaps between the tiles now, and there's um, they're just not square anymore, and. He's not finishing the floor, but I'm wondering how to finish it and make it look right. So the gaps are between the, the wood tiles that he put down, or are they between like the tiles and the wall? No, between the wood tiles, the wood parquet tiles. Hmm. Uh, that doesn't sound right. Yeah, no, it, it's definitely not right. I didn't know if I had to actually rip the floor up and start over, or yeah, if there was, you know, some filler material you could use. No, you can't fill in wood tiles that were not put put together properly. I mean, occasionally we'll get a call on somebody who has a gap that's developed in a strip floor and you could use a jute rope in between Mm -hmm. that, but that's just, you know, a one-off kind of thing. If you have a newish parquet floor and the tiles are shrinking or loose, that's just going to get worse over time and they're going to start coming up in pieces. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, they're definitely not loose. They're just not Square. Tight together. Yeah. Is the floor fully finished? I mean, can you, and is it a kind that is sort of snapped together or have they been nailed together? No, they snap together and they're glued down. Oh. Yeah, they have like a, a tongue and groove. Yeah, at this point, you're gonna need, you, your two options are to either take it out or learn to love mm-hmm. it. Or cover with a rug. <laughs> That's right. That's your third option. Yeah, the, third option. the cover with the rug option is kind of what what I've been doing in the meantime. Yeah. Okay. And and any ideas on like how to because I still have about a hundred square feet that need to be to be laid to be finished. Okay. Did um, I just put those together the best I can and like I said cover it with the rug? The bad part. Well, because they're tongue and groove. I, I mean, I would say oh, start at the wall edge. This way, you're sort of square on the edges that would be exposed from a rug. But then you're getting to a point where you're going to have two edges that need to snap into one another. Exactly. You know, it's like at that point, do you just cut off one edge and sort of, you know, thin it out from the backside so it becomes like an overlay? You're gluing it down anyway. At least then you know whatever would be exposed around the perimeter of the room is square. Right. Now that sounds like a very good idea. Sounds like a very good idea. Okay. Well, thanks for your help. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Frank in California is calling in with the squeaky floor. Tell us about it. Uh, I have a rear deck, uh, and it keeps on uh, squeaking when I walk over certain joints. Okay. I was wondering, uh, 
what do you think about that? You, you think it's ready for a new deck when it starts squeaking like that? Not necessarily, Frank. It's a, you said it's a wood deck, so we're talking about the exterior deck? It's a wood exterior deck, okay. yes. Very, very simple solution. What you want to do is identify those boards that are squeaking, and you want to add some deck screws to those boards. The nails, there's probably nails holding the boards yeah, down now. There's probably not a screw in there at all. Yeah, and you want to add some deck screws to that. Now, a deck screw is going to be about three to three and a half inches long. It's going to have a wood thread on it. And you put it in with a power drill with a little screwdriver tip on it. So it's very easy to put in. And that will tighten those deck boards down and stop them from moving, and that will stop them from squeaking because the movement of the deck board rubbing against the joist, rubbing against the nails, going in and out of the joist below, that's what's causing the squeak. So if you screw those boards down, you'll find that it'll quiet up very, very quickly and easily. Okay, very good. All right, Frank, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit, and we hope that that helps you quiet down your neighborhood. <laughs> Sherry in North Dakota is about to take on a painting project. Tell us what you're working on. Well, I have a basement that uh, my kids have kind of defaced with uh, permanent markers. Okay. It's uh, cinder block walls and uh, just a flat concrete basement floor. And I would like to uh, get them painted, and I'm not really sure exactly what to do so that marker doesn't bleed through. Okay, and the paint is on the floor and the walls? Well, the marker is on the walls. They've never been painted. They're just cinder block walls. Okay, and so it's raw. It's kind of, I'm kind of turning it into a game room or a foosball table and pool table will be down there. And the floor is currently just concrete, correct? Right, yeah. Um, well, you've got a couple of options. I mean, with the walls, that's no problem. What you need to get is masonry paint and primer because that's really what's meant to stick to those cinder block walls. Um, and if you go with anything else, it's just going to peel off just due to the inherent nature of the moisture in those walls. So if you go with a masonry primer and a masonry paint, you shouldn't have any problem with the bleed through as long as you get good coverage with the primer and then your top coat. No problem. Now, with the floor, I mean, you've got some opportunities here. You can either do some sort of epoxy coating on the floor where you get a painted flooring that might even have like a speckle of, you know, sort of color sparkles in there. And that'll do a nice job of sealing up the floor. You can do a laminate floor, which will give it a little bit more of a warmer, cozy feel to it because you can get laminate that looks like wood. Or you can do tile, I mean, which would be one step above. You can even do engineered hardwood, but for a game room and it sounds like your kids are kind of destructive. <laughs> yeah. you know? but, well, I was kind of when they were younger, but yeah. Right. Now they've I, simmered down. I never have to worry about this again, but <laughs> I remember dad painting the floor and it always wore off, so I thought oh, maybe totally. there was something I could do to make it stay on longer. Well, the epoxy coatings are great. They come in a kit. Rust-Oleum makes one. Bear makes one. Quickcrete makes one. You'll find them at your home center. There's usually like two or three steps involved. The first step is usually a prepper and a cleaner for the floor and then there's the color and the top coat are usually mixed in one and you can add the color speckles in if you want. Most of them come in a ton of different colors. They're easily appliable as long as you do not paint yourself in a corner. But it really does a great <laughs> job of sealing the floor up and giving it a finished look. Oh, great. Well, thank you very much. I just caught your show on XM. I'll be watching for it from now on. I, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. 
This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Up next, a lush garden doesn't have to mean using harsh chemical pesticides. We'll have some non-toxic eco-friendly tips to help make your garden grow next. The Money Pit is brought to you by Skills Complete Line of Routers with Soft Start Technology. You experience less kickback and better control. Pro features at a DIY price. That's what the Skill Routers are about. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And Leslie and I recently returned from the uh, 2011 National Hardware Show. And, you know, before we go to these shows, the exhibitors send us all of their advanced press material. And one headline caught my eye, Leslie. It was uh, thousands of ladybugs to attend National Hardware Show. (laughs) It was from one of the vendors who was selling beneficial insects to help make your garden grow. And it got me thinking that, you know, there's a lot of ways like that that are very environmentally friendly, that have low toxicity, that are very beneficial to you and to the environment that really should be used when it comes time to thinking about growing your garden as well as the other landscaping around your house. That's right, Tom. And that's why we've invited gardening expert Melinda Myers, who's going to share a lot of information about the benefits of green gardening at home. Welcome, Melinda. Thanks for having me, and it's always great to talk gardening and eco-friendly techniques. Yeah, well, let's start by talking about all those insects, because this is not the first time I've seen vendors that are offering insects for sale to help with the gardening. Does that really work? Is it a sensible technique? Well, one of the things that happens with many of the beneficial insects is they collect them when they're hibernating. So then they ship them off to us, and we release them into our garden, and they go out and they find something to eat often in your neighbor's yard or the block (laughs) over. So you're helping the community in whole, but maybe not getting quite the benefit you're looking for. So if you are going to invest in beneficial insects, be sure to have a few uh, bad guys in there for them to eat in your garden, like aphids, and then release them at dusk so they don't fly away. But I think you can do a good job of bringing those beneficial insects in on your own. It would be so much better if they came trained, you know, just <laughs> yeah, like, know. Like, a, like a dog. <laughs> they listen just about as well as children and pets, right? <laughs> you know, and it seems like, Melinda, when people think about keeping a green lawn at home, you know, their first instinct is to go for something a little bit more caustic, if you will, in as far as treating weeds and continuing growth throughout the lawn season. But what are some of the more green approaches that we can do? Because, I mean, we're all becoming aware that runoff is getting into everybody's water supply. So the more chemicals that you're putting onto the lawn, really the worse it is for everybody. So what's a better approach? You know, I like to use the plant health care approach. And the idea here is you pick the right plant for the growing conditions, provide the proper care, then those plants are going to be better able to fend off insects and disease problems and deal with stress. For example, weeds in the lawn. Grow your grass tall, as tall as as that variety will tolerate then cut frequently so you're taking only about a third of the total height off and leave those clippings on the lawn. That can add as much as a whole pound of actual nitrogen per thousand square feet to your lawn. That's equal to one fertilization. So oh, wow. You, save, you saved yourself some time and money fertilizing. Also adds nutrients and organic matter to improve the soil. So then you're, you're getting a triple benefit. You know, you're cutting the grass you're fertilizing, you're adding organic matter and moisture to the soil, all that from mowing. And then keeping your lawn healthy, you'll still have some weeds, but the grass will better be able to fend off the weeds. And research has shown just one fertilization, 
you know, and I'd recommend a low nitrogen organic fertilizer, something like a malorganite, that slowly releases over time so that your lawn is gradually fed. You don't burn it if it gets hot and dry. You know, something that's going to be good for the environment and good for your lawn. Same applies to landscape plants as well. Right plant, right location. Give it the proper care. It's going to better be able to fend off insects and diseases. We're talking to Melinda Meyer. She's the author of Can't Miss Small Space Gardening. Now, Melinda, typically at my house, um, our gardens start small with a lot of energy. They're very green. They pop up pretty quickly. But, you know, usually by, say, the second month or so, when they're really starting to to take root and, and get strong and grow fruit, they seem to get tired. Are there things that we should be doing for those gardens sort of mid-span that will help keep them healthy and strong but not put anything that's toxic in there that we wouldn't want to take in and put on our dinner tables? You know, a couple things you can do. One is mulching the soil. Using shredded leaves, evergreen needles, a layer over the soil surface will not only hold the moisture in, that means less watering for you, but it also keeps the roots cool and moist, and that's very important during the heat of summer. Some plants may need just a little bit of a nutrient boost. You know, you don't want to overdo it, but again, that's where a slow-release fertilizer works, low nitrogen so you don't burn the roots. And the other thing, there's this new product on the market. There are a class of products called plant strengtheners. And what scientists found is that molecules, plants under stress, produce certain molecules. They were able to isolate those, apply them to other plants, and found those treated plants were better able to fend off insects and disease and deal with the heat and drought and other stresses in the environment. So it's a new line of eco-friendly products that really it's like an immunization almost with your plants, and it's a great way to strengthen your plants um, in a natural way that's very safe for you. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to having an organic garden at home, is there anything special that we should consider when we're selecting certain types of produce or vegetables that might work better in an organic garden? Or really, when you're growing a garden at home for food, is it all really considered organic? You know, I think it, everyone has a slightly different definition of organic, including the government. But basically, I think most home gardeners are looking at using eco-friendly natural products. So you always want to check the label. And that's why, you know, jazz spray and these um, plant strengtheners are kind of exciting because they are classed as organic and they're natural and they're from the plant. Things like soaps and neem will help you fight the insects. But again, often we can do a lot of that insect control ourselves. I like to get kids excited about gardening, and um, I was in Hamilton, Ontario, and the kids in that garden did the pluck, drop, and stomp method. Pluck, and they would, drop, and stomp, huh? <laughs> Yes, and that's a good thing for kids to burn off energy. Pluck off the insects, drop them on the ground, and stomp them. <laughs> that's, that's how they controlled the bad guys until the good guys, like the lady beetles and green lacewings, moved in. And so, you know, as long as you pick plants suited to your environment, Um, that's the main thing, then they're going to grow better, more tolerant of stress, and less susceptible to pest problems. Good advice. Melinda Myers, uh, author of Can't Miss Small Space Gardening. Thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Thanks for having me. And if you'd like to learn more from Melinda, you should visit her website, which is melindamyers.com, and you can also find her books on Amazon, in the garden centers, and in bookstores. All right, and after you go using all of Melinda's techniques to turn your yard into a showplace, how about making it a home theater, too? We're going to tell you some simple things that you'll need to make your backyard entertainment unforgettable ahead on the Money Pit. You live in a Money Pit. The 
Money Pit is brought to you by Insincorator, instant hot or hot cool water dispensers. Delivering 200 degree hot or cool filtered water in an instant at the touch of a lever right at the kitchen sink. Perfect for homeowners looking to save time in the kitchen. For more information, please visit www.insincorator.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And you should pick up the phone and give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT because one caller who we talked to on the air this hour is going to be getting a great prize pack. I mean, we're about to head into painting season. We're all going to be indoors a lot more once the fall season hits. And why not give your home a fresh coat of paint? So if that's on your to-do list, we've got a great prize up for grabs this hour. We're giving away a starter kit from Handy Paint Pail and it includes includes a brush and a roller and the handy paint pails have disposable liners so cleaning up is a breeze and they also have magnetic brush and roller holders it's a prize pack worth almost $60 so give us a call right now at 888 Pit for your chance to win and help with your how-to project 888-666-3974 well taking your entire family to a movie theater can set you back a pretty penny these days But, you know, there's another alternative in the beautiful warm days of summer and early fall. Have you ever thought about showing movies at home right in your very own backyard? It's not as hard as you might think. Now, you'll need a screen, of course, but a canvas drop cloth or even a white wall, if your house happens to have a white wall, will work. You can either dust off your old projector or... Use a one perhaps from a garage sale, or if you've got like a computer projector that you use for work, that works equally well uh, outside as well. Just plug all that in and show your movies outside. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You can also use your own stereo speakers for sound and just hook up your DVD player to that projector. Now, remember to keep your extension cords safely concealed so nobody trips. You don't want any tripping hazards. If you want a full list of equipment that you'll need to create your outdoor theater, Google Money Pit Home Theater and you'll find some great ideas there. You know, we created an entire home theater for the Boy Scout troop once on a camping yeah. trip just by stringing a sheet between uh, two trees. And uh, using a projector. It worked you know, really it's well. so great. Slipped a DVD into the computer, hooked up the projector, had a power source nearby, and uh, we all sat outside uh, the place we were staying and, and watched uh, sort of, uh, it was like the old drive-in movies without the yeah, cars. I was going to say, it's, it's really unfortunate for, you know, children of our generation who've never gotten to experience a drive-in theater. I can remember as a kid going with my mom and dad in the back of the Volare in our pajamas with pizza pies, and I remember <laughs> being far too young to watch James Bond films, but loving every minute of it and i feel so sad for the kids who aren't going to get to experience it was a, little, it. It was a lot of fun and, and it is a good family thing to do so why not think about creating that uh, backyard theater in your very own uh, backyard sit out there and spend a night with the kids it's a great uh, family activity 888-666-3974 home improvement is also a great family activity so give us a call right now and let's get to your next project mike in minnesota is dealing with a foundation problem with a very old home tell us about it well, I, I go down in the basement, and I can, I can see it uh, all probably on a monthly basis. It's starting to fall apart, just deteriorate. Okay. And I have to take my fingers and, and scratch at it and, it, and it falls apart. Now, the house is it's 96 years old. Okay, are we talking about a brick foundation here, Mike, and are you, are you talking about the mortar? It's the, no, it's actually concrete and rock. Okay, and are we talking about the mortar between it that's sort of deteriorating? Uh, well, the whole thing is just deteriorating. Okay. Not just the mortar itself. It's, I mean, it's a concrete foundation, but it chunks of rock. You know, I'm talking 
baseball says rock. Is it is it like a, a deep chunk, or is it just like a surface, sort of like a fascia peeling off? Well, it's, it's, a, it's the surface that's starting out to, to come off. Um, and, I mean, I can just dig at it, and it'll fall off. And I've tried to kind of <laughs> dig at it, and I'm trying to find a way to patch it. Is there a problem? Mike, well, stop picking your foundation apart, yeah. okay? <laughs> <laughs> First step, stop picking at it. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to get to the dirt, darn it. <laughs> Well, I, if you keep doing that, you will. <laughs> yeah. But I'm also having a problem with moisture coming through. All right. Well, listen, Mike, the reason you're having this problem is because of the moisture. Is the moisture. Uh, you right. may be deteriorating the foundation. You might be actually witnessing mineral salt deposits. Which well, there's is, which two be... reasons, the moisture and your fingers. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but the, you may be seeing mineral salt deposits that are left over when the water evaporates. And so let's address the moisture issue first. We, w- we want to make sure that you have a gutter system that's clean and free-flowing and extending the water well away from the foundation, four to six feet, is recommended. Yeah, you don't want your downspouts to just deposit the water right by the foundation. Second, you want to look at the grading around the entire perimeter of the foundation. You want to make sure that the soil isn't sloping towards the foundation. You want it to slope away, and you need it to sort of go down about six inches over four feet. So it's not drastic, but it's enough to move that water away from the foundation. Now, once you've achieved those two things, I'd like you to monitor this foundation and see if it still appears to to leak. Um, If you can remove any of the loose mortar that's on the surface, you could probably apply an epoxy patching compound to the inside surface here and give yourself a clean place to start. But I wouldn't apply anything to the inside unless we know we have the moisture under control. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, is rusty water leaving you with nasty stains all over your plumbing fixtures and faucets? We'll have tips on how to get that rust out next. You live in a Money Pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Bostitch, professional quality hand tools, pneumatic and cordless nailers and staplers. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. You know, it's hard to think about the cold temperatures during these hot days, but it's never too early to start thinking about well, prepping your house. Well, you can fantasize. <laughs> That's right. But it's never too early to start thinking about it and getting your house ready for winter. We've got lots of tips on uh, super easy fall fix-up ideas that will help you save some money when it does come time to uh, trade in those cooling bills for the winter heating bills. It's all online at moneypit.com. <laughs> One way or another, money is still coming out of your pocket. That's right. <laughs> all right. And while you are online, you can head on over to the community section and post a question, which we will answer now. And I've got one here from Brad in Connecticut who wrote, I've just purchased a home and it has two all-in-one shower and tub enclosures. I would estimate the age to be 12 to 15 years or more. My question to you, is there a product or products on the market that will clean them or give them some type of sheen? What are your thoughts on having the fiberglass tub shower units reglazed? One is gold and the other is blue. Oh, lucky you. How does it <laughs> work du- and how long will it double whopper. Wow. How I don't gorgeous. Think, I don't think you want to make them any shinier than they are. They'll just be more obvious. Yeah. If you have harvest gold and, uh, and, and light blue 
shower fixtures. Look, I mean, yes, you can clean them, you can polish them. There's lots of solutions out there that can do that. But what you might want to think about doing is replacing them because nowadays you can get multi-piece shower units where you simply replace the pan and the walls come in three sections. So you don't have to do nearly the sort of tear out that you think. I mean, it typically when you were building homes, uh, you know, 15 or years or so ago, you would have to set the shower unit first and then frame the bathroom around it. Now it's no longer the case. I mean, a plumber can come in and cut out that old fiberglass system and then put in a new multi-piece system, just as good as the original. They lock together. They're completely water resistant, but it can be done essentially uh, without having to do any structural damage to the room whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And you can really create a beautiful bath. So do that and enjoy some modern style. Well, your garbage cans are definitely heavy-duty helpers around the house, but every once in a while, even those trash collectors need a thorough cleaning. Leslie's got some tips on how to clean your cans the right way in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Mm -hmm. And you know what? That garbage can is probably the most underrated helper in your entire house. You know, they do a great job of storing life's leftovers right in the middle of where we live, eat and breathe. And it's a sneaky way to hide all of the stuff that we'd rather not think about. So here's a tip to help maintain the trash can's stealthy persona, i.e. you do not want it stinking up the place. So give it a good cleaning more than once in a while. Now, once a month, you want to take all of your indoor trash cans outside and really scrub them down. You want to mix up three quarters of a cup of bleach into one gallon of water and wash the interior of the garbage cans as well as the handles and the interior of the lids. And you want to make sure to use the bleach because the bleach in the water solution is really going to give the time to sort of kill that bacteria and the odors that could be harmful to your family's health. So let it sit for at least five minutes before you really thoroughly rinse them. Now you can do the same with cans that get kicked to the curb because that'll kill all those nasty germs that cause the odors and really, you know, stink up the place. So keep your garbage cans fresh. Let them do their job, which is hide the junk and not even know it's there. (laughs) Give them some love, guys. They work hard for you. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Coming up next week, summer truly is the sweaty season, but it's not just sweaty for you. (laughs) It can be sweaty for your plumbing fixtures, too, just like your toilet. If that's ever happened to you, and especially if you've ever had to replace the rotted floor underneath from all that condensation drip, drip, dripping down all the time, we're going to have an easy fix on the next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone.